Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, and it continues to grow all the different ways and all the different places that we can hang out every single day. And so grateful that you've chosen to spend a little of this day with me, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, including Brian Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame, will join me live in an hour coming off of what was the biggest win of his career. First ever win over a top five team over the weekend, beat number one Clemson. So we'll talk to him and we're going to be busy in a lot of different ways here. A lot to get to. Steelers latest, SEC in real trouble. We'll get Heather on that in a few minutes. Brian Kelly, as I mentioned, the numbers on him suggest that he is vastly underappreciated. You will hear them. Titans, Colts tomorrow night is the beginning of the NFL weekend and that should be a very good one. And of course, saving the best for last as far as I'm concerned, it's Masters week. And that begins tomorrow. I'll make my pick and we will look ahead. Come Some gambling stuff. Uh, looking ahead to the Masters, because that is sort of the new way people are enjoying golf, and I'm all in on it. Anything that brings more people to the game of golf is good with me. So we'll do all of that. But first, I want to make sure that I begin by saying what I said at the end of our TV show this morning, that everything we do this day is for, and everything we do every day is because of the courageous women and men who serve and have served this country. And so on this Veterans Day, this show is dedicated to you with my endless appreciation. And I will say again something I've said a million times, that for all the years that Mike and I did our show together, the most gratifying, and I think I feel comfortable saying this, that he would say this too, that by far the most important stuff, the most important messages we ever got, our show was broadcast on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And we would hear regularly from people who were stationed in far away and I'm sure at times very scary places. And we would hear that, that listening to us talking about football on the radio was something that made them feel a little closer to home and a little safer and a little better. And there is nothing I've ever done in my career or could ever do that would mean more than that to me. So that is where I'm thinking today. That's where my head is on this Veterans Day. Again, everything we do is for you and everything we do is because of you with our endless thanks for your courage, your bravery, and your commitment to our safety. So we start there. And then we work our way to a place you were not expecting me to go. I'm going to say a name that you were not expecting to hear on your radio today. And that name is Herschel Walker. All of a sudden, there's a lot of talk about what the Dallas Cowboys are going to do if the season continues to go the way it appears to be going. Let's face it, the Cowboys stink. They had a few good moments in the first half of their game against Pittsburgh this past week. The Steelers were probably playing what you would call a trap game if it was college. And look, the Cowboys will win a game or two along the way. But let's just live in a world where they have to make a decision at the end of this season. Do you draft one of the two really big quarterbacks available this year, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields? Or do you pass on that opportunity and stay with Dak Prescott, who has proven to be terrific when healthy, He's proven to be even better when hurt, but costs you a fortune of money. It's a fascinating decision they will have to make. And I will tell you where I fall on it by reading you details of something that depending on your age, you may not know. October 12th, 1989, the Dallas Cowboys traded Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings in what was the largest player trade in the history of the National Football League. The trade eventually involved 18 players and draft picks. 
At the time of the deal, the Cowboys were one of the worst teams in the league. They were 1-15 that season. They traded away their best player. I remember, I was just starting in the business then, and the conventional wisdom was that Herschel Walker was the missing piece Minnesota needed to make a Super Bowl run. Instead, what the Dallas Cowboys did was put together a, a host, a treasure trove of draft picks. And to their everlasting credit, they had the right person making the decisions on those picks. Jimmy Johnson turned that trade, what he got in that deal, into teams that won three Super Bowls. He only got to coach two of them. But those teams won three championships. Barry Switzer just hopped on and went along for the ride. But those were Jimmy's titles with the players he got in that deal. Now, I want you to bear in mind that when the Los Angeles Rams traded for the rights to the number one pick in a draft that turned out to be Jared Goff, they traded two ones, two twos, and two threes. That was to take Goff in a year in which the debate was Goff or Wentz, both of whom were thought to be good, neither of whom were considered to be anywhere near the level of elite prospect that Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields are right now and figure to continue to be through this season, through whatever the bowls and the championship turn out to be, and on our way to April. So in my opinion, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, and you wind up in that position, in fact, I think most teams who wound up in that position would be best served to go that route. Trevor Lawrence looks like a great player, but you know what he's not? He's not a can't-miss prospect. Do you know why? Because that doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a can't-miss prospect. Far more quarterbacks are ruined in the NFL than are developed. Every player in football is a system player. The system is critical to all of them. And I'm telling you right now, if you think Trevor Lawrence is too good to fail, if you think Justin Fields is too good to fail, I would point to a lot of other players that seemed too good to fail. Now, I'm not wishing this on any of them. I hope they both turn out to be terrific. I don't know either of them personally, but I've heard great things about them both. And I have no doubt that they have the opportunity to become great players and probably will. But you build a football team with a quarterback and a whole bunch of really good players. You could put together an endless array of good players with a treasure trove of draft picks that you would bring back if you traded away the opportunity to get one of those two guys. You know who doesn't see it that way? The president of the Dak Prescott fan club, at least amongst the Get Up analyst crew. That's what we've dubbed Dominique Foxworth, who has loved and supported Dak going back to a time when that was a, a, reg, a, a relatively unpopular opinion to have. But this morning, in the last thing I was expecting him to say, he said if the Cowboys wound up in a position to draft Lawrence, they have to do it. Listen to this. I'm not a fool. Like, if you have the number one overall pick, the way that people are talking about Lawrence, like, you have to at least give that a, a, a thought. So I think it would be foolish because the difference between your team when you have a, a slightly above average to even much above average quarterback, which I think Dak Prescott is, to having a potential future Hall of Famer, which is the way people are talking about Trevor Lawrence, like, that is huge for your team. So I think you have to at least consider it. And then you think about having Trevor Lawrence down there in Dallas. Can you imagine how much money that's going to make? So, yes, he, he then went on to describe all the ways in which um, Trevor Lawrence fits, most likely fits what Jerry Jones envisions a quarterback being. And I actually get that part of it. But that's not even the point I'm making. What I'm saying is, in my opinion, in, in the most stunning moment we've had on Get Up in a while, 
the president of the Dak Prescott fan club just sold Dak way short. Dak Prescott is way better than above average. Have you watched the Cowboys since he went down? Do you know how many points a game they were scoring with him and how badly things have gone since? I know that we all think they played better this past week, and they did. At the end of the day, they still have scored a combined total of two meaningful touchdowns since Dak Prescott went down. Two. They were one of the highest scoring offenses in the league with him. And I know it sounds weird to say that he's durable considering he's out for the season, but the injury he suffered is the kind of injury that does not suggest a player is not durable. He got hit. His ankle wound up facing in the wrong direction. That, that's the kind of thing that happens. It may, again, sound crazy to say it, but that does not suggest to me a player who is injury prone. Tom Brady missed a season with a knee. He's never gotten hurt again. Dak Prescott does not look to me like a guy who's going to be hurt. He looks to me like a guy who's going to be dependable. He's going to be there. If the most important ability in football is dependability, he's going to have it. Reliability, availability, he's going to have it. So I think we are selling short Dak. If you want to make the argument against Dak, it's not how good he isn't. It's how expensive he is. Hembo sent me these numbers today. And it is jarring. It is eye-opening. And it is important. That Joe Burrow was the number one pick in the draft last year. And it doesn't matter how highly touted you are. The number one pick salary is slotted in. Joe Burrow, in his entire contract, has $36 million guaranteed dollars. That's for four years. Dak Prescott's franchise tag next year would be over 37. So you'd be spending more money on one year of Dak than it would cost you on four years of Lawrence or Fields. If you're going to make the decision based on that, I'm listening. If you're going to make the decision uh, based on Trevor Lawrence is going to be a better player or Justin Fields is definitively going to be a better player than Dak Prescott is, I'm going to tell you right now, that is not something we know. That is something people think. It's something people expect. It may well wind up being true. It will be determined in large part by where they wind up. The systems they are in, the coaching they have, the people they have around them, a lot of those things go into the ultimate success and failure of these players as much as we would love it not to be so. Greeny with you and delighted you're here as a part of Greeny Nation. Our Dr. Pepper call-in line will be available to you a little bit later in the show. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. It's been such a wonderful college football season in so many ways. All these things that have not been promised to us. How much of the summer did I spend ruining Heather Dinich's vacations by forcing her while she was supposed to be on vacation with her children to wake up and come on, get up and explain to me the very latest on college football's desperate ep efforts to come back and have a season. And I will confess, there were many times I thought to myself, they're never going to have a season. And here we've had one and it's been representative and good. And the Big Ten has come back and the Pac-12 has come back. And it's so much fun to watch, which makes it so painful to see it feel like it's starting to unravel. And so here is Heather, our college football insider extraordinaire on the Shell Penzoil performance line. Heather, for those who've not been following it, catch everyone up. I know that we've had another announcement today on where we stand in the SEC right now. 
The Georgia at Missouri football game has been postponed. That makes it the fourth SEC game in three days this week to be postponed, Greeny. And I talked to a school spokesman at Mizzou, and he told me this is not an outbreak. They had one positive test on Sunday, but because of the subsequent contact tracing, it basically decimated one of their position groups and brought them below the number that they would need to play a game. So that's where it stands right now. And what I gather from most of these games that have been postponed is that this is a contact tracing quarantine issue as opposed to outbreaks, um, similar to what we had at Wisconsin. That's not what I'm hearing in the SEC. So that's good. Obviously, that's good. And, and, and it's good for a lot of reasons. The most important meaning or being that a lot of young people didn't just get the coronavirus, which, of course, is first and foremost good. Secondly, it's good because it means one would assume that they'd be able to start playing again next week. But how would you describe Heather? Because you talk to people all the time, not just in the SEC, but across the country. How would you describe the relative confidence you are hearing from people on the inside that they will be able to make it to the end of their season, getting the overwhelming majority of play in and getting everything they need to to constitute a real full season, getting all of that played? No one that I talk to takes any Saturday this fall for granted. I can tell you that. And every single person, from commissioners to athletic directors to coaches, understands that this is a week-by-week unfolding scenario. And as you talk about rescheduling these games, it's important to remember that players who are quarantined are out for 14 days. It doesn't matter what league you play in. You are sidelined per our national health guidelines for 14 days. You cannot test out of that. So the question then becomes, what does next week look like in the SEC? How many of these players are out for another Saturday because of quarantine issues? You're seeing what happened at Cal. Last week they couldn't play. Their game against Arizona State is in jeopardy. Why? In large part because of local health guidelines and the quarantine issues there. So all of these things continue to play a part in whether or not these games can be played. But as we talked about this morning, December 19th in the SEC is a potential makeup day. And that's not just for LSU Alabama. That's for all of this reshuffling that's going on. They're trying to find a way. Can we use that date, the same date as the SEC championship game, to play some of these other games that um, have been postponed? Again, it goes without saying, Heather Dinich is with me on ESPN Radio, that Alabama is not planning on spending that day playing LSU, right? That Alabama has other ideas for that day? <laughs> correct, correct. Everybody's assuming, obviously, that Alabama wins the West and they're in the SEC championship game that day, most likely against Florida. So at the end of the day, if you hit fast forward, we're probably not going to see that game. But they don't want to close the door on that possibility, right? Because, you know, who knows? But it's just, it's not fair to do that right at this point. But remember, as we sit here, we're talking about all these other games. It's not just LSU, Alabama. It's a window for other teams, including ones that have not been impacted by COVID-19, that have been sort of on the receiving end of these postponements. It's a chance for them another date to, to make things up. And the university presidents and chancellors in the SEC are meeting in their regularly scheduled Thursday meeting, and I'm sure that they will review this. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Heather Dinich is with me here. So, Heather, I do a feature both on TV and here every uh, regularly called Unsolicited Advice. I want you to hear my unsolicited advice today, and then, and then I want to hear your reaction to it. 
This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. All right, Heather, here, here's the deal. All right, the people who run college football don't need any advice from me, but they're about to get it. And that is this. This year has always been the perfect opportunity to get a freebie. And by that, I mean this. There are so many people that want to see the college football playoff expanded. I, by the way, am not one of them. I have long been on record as saying I think four teams is the right number. But this is a year where you could try it. You could experiment with it. It could solve some of the problems that you're, gonna, you're almost unquestionably going to have of competitive unfairness at the end of the year. And you could see if you like it. And you could easily explain a way that this is the one year we're doing it because of the extreme circumstances. And then we're just going to go back to the four if you don't like the way it plays out. So it feels to me like it is not too late for them to say, under the circumstances, we're going to add another level of playoffs. We're going to take eight teams. We're going to have a week where we play games amongst them. And that will determine the four that wind up in these bowl games that we have previously selected as the national playoff semifinals and then the finals. I still think they can do it. And I think it makes sense. That is my unsolicited advice to the powers that be of college football, of which I consider you one. So, <laughs> Heather, you tell me, what do you think? Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott tried it. He tried it, Greeny. At a meeting, he sat there on Zoom, and he asked his fellow 10 FBS conference commissioners to consider expanding the playoff this year for all the reasons that you said. And, of course, being in the Pac-12, it would make sense that he would advocate for that. There was support. There was support for it at this time, but not enough support. So as we continue to go week by week into this season, I think that the opportunity and that window just closes and closes more so. And if you sit there with a pencil and paper and look at the NFL playoffs and try to find an open window to actually play those semifinals um, and, and get a TV window, I think it's extremely difficult. So the other part of that, too, is what happens, Greeny, if you have teams and one can play and one can't for a semifinal or, or the actual national championship? How long does the other team wait for that team hmm. to get ready? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, so there are problems. I, I get that there are problems. Yeah. Is there going to be some kind of makeshift bubble for that? I'm now asking you all kinds of qu different questions here. But when we get to that, when we get down to four teams eventually, uh, are they going to go to some kind of bubble situation or are they going to run the risk that the day before one of these games that are going to draw 20 million viewers and all the rest of that, that you're going to have one player test positive and a position group wiped out and now the game doesn't get played? No, my understanding is that they already have the hotels booked for those teams in Miami Gardens, Florida, and at the semifinals, and obviously they will keep them as together as, as humanly possible before those games, and it's a lot different because just the way the setup is, and they're not going to go out and do all those typical bowl things that you see teams do um, in, in normal times, so yes, but... <laughs> At the same time, as I say that, I mean, it's, it's a virus, right? You can only do what you can do. We've seen them have the best of intentions and, and how this all unfolds. Well, Heather, you've just, you're so good with all of this stuff. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the insight that you give us in the mornings and the afternoons. And, and I'm sure that by tomorrow there will be more. So I'll be ruining another one of your mornings. Thank you very much, Heather Dinich. Thank you so much. She's the best. I mean, she's just, she's as plugged in on this stuff. She covers the college football playoff. That, that's sort of what it says on her business card. But no one is more plugged into all the stuff going on around college football in its entirety than she is. And, and I think it makes sense. 
I really do. And again, I say this as a person who has long been opposed to expanding the playoff, but this year you could do it for free. Now, are there a lot of logistical hurdles to jump over? And are there a lot of COVID hurdles? Yes, of course. I grant that. And I understand that might make it impossible. And if that's the reason you can't do it, then I'll shut up. But the other reasons you couldn't do it will not be enough for me. All right, we're just getting rolling here. Going to be very busy. I've got a good one for you. Again, I told you that Brian Kelly is going to join me coming up um, and in 40 minutes. He'll be with me live at 1 o'clock Eastern time today, coming off his biggest win. But how about this for a trivia question? How many coaches, going back to 2017, he is so, I think sometimes, so underappreciated. How many coaches do you think in America have won more games going back over the last four seasons than Brian Kelly? I'll tell you right now, it's a number small enough that you'd be able to name them all. So just think to yourself, no Googling. How many coaches have won more games in college football than Brian Kelly has over the last three seasons? And what are their names? Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, Granny with you, jam-packed we are on this day. Brian Kelly will join me coming up shortly. He's a half hour away. If you can't be with me for the whole two hours, a reminder, the show is a podcast every single day. You get it wherever you get your podcasts. The name of the show is Hashtag Greeny. Uh, before I get to who you got, it is time for a little straight talk here, which is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And I asked you the question before the break. With Brian Kelly on the way, how many coaches over the last three seasons so the 2017, 18, 19 season and what we've had so far this year, how many do you think have won more games than Brian Kelly? And who do you think they are? And I heard Nuno, while we were in the break, you were trying to figure out the answer to the question. Do you have a guess? Do you have I, a guess for me on how many it is? Yes, three. Three is correct. And knowing that it is three, you probably will be able to accurately guess who they are. But go ahead. I'll let you say it. Obviously, Davo, Nick Saban, and Lincoln Riley. That is correct. Those are the only three coaches in the country. Well done, Nuno, with the answer. Davo Sweeney has won 48 games in that time. Nick Saban has won 44. Lincoln Riley has won 41. Brian Kelly and Kirby Smart have each won 40. So that's where this program is. That's where Notre Dame is. That's where Brian Kelly has this program. Now, the difference is, if you look at those schools, Dabo Sweeney has won championships in that time, and Nick Saban has won championships, and Lincoln Riley has been in the playoff basically every year, and Notre Dame hasn't quite gotten over that level. They've been there once, and it didn't end well when they did. But I think sometimes people look at his program, and they have it all wrong. Brian Kelly is running an elite program right now at Notre Dame, and this past weekend was his biggest win. 
And we will see if he's able to capitalize on that and turn it into a run to another playoff. He'll join me live in a half hour. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Meanwhile, Bubba, let's go up to the next. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, Who You Got features hashtag Bubba. He will present to me a series of questions I need to answer, and I'll tell him who I've got. Hello, hashtag Bubba. Yeah, hello. What's up? Let's do this thing. Let's run through these. Let's do it. Who You Got brought to you by Granger. We'll start in Dallas. And yesterday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said this. Is it crazy to bring up the idea of taking a quarterback with the third pick or the second pick if you may have it yes okay so he says yes so who you got jerry jones or people saying yeah draft the best quarterback available well i opened the show with this thought and i understand the thinking people have fallen in love with trevor lawrence and i'm not here to tell you he's not going to be a great player or that he isn't the best prospect since andrew luck I am here to tell you, however, that you have, a, in my opinion, a quarterback you can absolutely win Super Bowls with in Dak Prescott. And what you have, if you wind up with the right to draft one of the big quarterbacks in this draft, you have an asset that could turn into the next Herschel Walker trade, the trade that won the Cowboys three Super Bowls. And I think that it could do something similar for them again. So it is certainly not crazy to entertain the idea of drafting a quarterback. But if it were me, I would think long and hard about trading that pick. So whichever side of that, that's the one I've got. Bubba, what's next? Okay, uh, we'll stay in the NFC East because yesterday, also, first take, Brett Favre dropped by, and he said this. I actually thought that they should have kept Nick Foles rather than Carson Wentz. All right, so who you got, the Eagles or Brett Favre? That's insane. And and look, Brett Favre has been a regular guest on this show over the course of time, and I obviously respect his right to his opinion, but I most certainly do not share it. We're watching Nick Foles right now in Chicago should be the answer to the question. Carson Wentz, at his worst, is better than Nick Foles has been this year, is better than Nick Foles is. Carson Wentz is just, look, I like Nick. I think he's a great guy. Everyone loves him. I think Nick Foles is a great backup. Nick Foles, is that's his lot in life. And he is one of two backups that got just red hot and made a run to a championship. Jeff Hostetler did it for the Giants a generation and a half ago. And now Nick Foles did it for the Eagles a few years ago. And he deserves to be a folk hero in Philly for the rest of his life. But don't confuse the issue. Carson Wentz is a better player than Nick Foles. Carson Wentz has faults. He has flaws. A lot of them are the same flaws, if you will, that Brett Favre had. Now, don't start screaming at me. I'm not comparing Carson Wentz to Brett Favre. Brett Favre is on the short list of greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. Wentz is a long way from that. Not even in the short list of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. But he can be. And I haven't given up that he will be. Nick Foles can't be and won't be. So I completely disagree with Brett Favre's opinion. I've got Wentz in that discussion. It's who you got with hashtag Bubba here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, what's next? All right, we've got a couple of leadership changes in sports recently. First, Steve Cohen, new owner of the Mets. Sandy Alderson is the president. Put it in the books! And in basketball, Daryl Morey is the new president of the 76ers. So let's go Mets 76ers. Who wins the title first? Who you got? Mm, that's a very good question. You, I know what you're doing. You're appealing to the Northwestern in me. So Daryl Morey 
who was the general who, who built the Rockets and is, is one of the most respected GMs in the NBA, is a Northwestern guy. And as a consequence of that, I know him well. And I like him a lot. I do not believe, and I know he isn't going to say this, but I do not believe that Joel Embiid is in his long-term plans. I, I think there's a randomness to winning a championship in baseball that doesn't exist in basketball. I think more, well, but I just don't buy the Sixers. I mean, it's pretty hard to say that. I put it, I, all right, I'm going to just have to answer your question. I'm going to say the Sixers. I've got the Sixers to win a title before the Mets, but I don't think either one of them is going to be in the next three years. But I am obligated legally. There's, there are, there are, there are codices in my contract that say when Bubba asks the question, I have to answer it. So I'm answering Sixers, but I'm doing so under some level of protest. Because I don't think either one of them are particularly close. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Time for one more, Bubba. Give me your best who you got that you have left. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't think the Mets are close, this guy. Yeah, Marcus Stroman <laughs> just came back. Good one. <laughs> uh, let's do your, your favorite sport here, the Masters. It's yes. be- it begins tomorrow on yes. ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Tune in. So who you got to take home the green jacket this year? It's my favorite sporting event of the year. It is my favorite. It's my favorite television product of the year. Um, there's nothing I enjoy more than the Masters. I can't tell you how thrilled I am that it's here. Going to talk about it a little more as we continue, but I'll give away. I'll, I'll cut right to the end here in answer to your question. I am picking Dustin Johnson to win the jacket this weekend. I do not believe that you can overpower this golf course. So I do not believe that Bryson DeChambeau wins. I'd love to tell you Tiger is going to make it interesting this weekend. I bet you he plays well than most of the prognosticators will tell you, but that's not well enough to win. He's just not playing well enough to win. Hasn't played enough to win. So my pick is Dustin Johnson to win the masters, this unprecedented November masters this weekend. Baba, that's who you got. All right, I'm sure DJ is thrilled. Who you got is brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or just stop by. Go Mets. Here's why I'm aggravated with you, Bubba. Because I look down on my little notes that I keep to myself. And do you know what I was going to say right now as I go to a break and I do one of the patented greeny teases? No. My greeny tease was, I'm, I swear to you on my children's lives, I'm reading you verbatim what I wrote. Coming up next, I will tell you who is going to win the Masters. That was my tease. You just blew it. Well, that's Come. awkward. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. 
Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny back with you on ESPN Radio. Brian Kelly live in 15 minutes. And listen, we all accidentally damage our phones, right? That can happen. So now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. All right, uh, making his first appearance on our program now from ESPN's Daily Wager, and you hear him on ESPN Radio, is Joe Fortenball, who knows far more about gambling than I will ever know. And Joe, I'm delighted to have you with me here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line because there are so many different ways that people look forward to the Masters, which is my favorite sporting event of the year. And one of them is there are a lot of different ways to gamble when it comes to to golf in general and to the Masters in particular. So let, let's start as simply as we can. I just picked Dustin Johnson to win uh, the tournament this weekend. Where does he fall as far as the odds are concerned amongst the favorites? Plus 850, Greeny. He's sitting right there behind Bryson DeChambeau, who is the favorite to win this for a variety of reasons. We know about the length off the tee. He's a very popular golfer. He got his first major at the U.S. Open not too long ago, so the public's going to be backing him. But Johnson is a very savvy pick itself. He's in good form as of late. He was tied for second last week, tied for sixth at the U.S. Open, so he's having a solid year. He was tied for second here last year, so he's played very well at this course. In fact, if you're looking for a bet on Johnson outside of just playing him to win this thing, finishing in the top 10 is minus 110. That means mm. you're going to risk $110 to win 100 just for DJ to finish in the top 10. Greeny, as you know, he's been in the top 10 in four straight trips to Augusta. The course fits his eye. I think that's a strong play as well. Okay, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you like it. Let's go through a few others because they sent me some of your notes here, and I'm intrigued. So it started with you have some – it says you've got interesting stuff on Bryson DeChambeau. He's obviously the talk of the sport. What can you tell me? Here's where I'd start with DeChambeau. At 8-1, to one, you're not going to find any value in backing him here. He's the favorite, and for good reason. Like we talked about, everyone is intrigued by how far he can hit the ball off the tee, and all we're hearing about the last week plus leading into this event is that he should tear this course apart. Generally, when that's the prevailing narrative, you're not going to find a whole lot of, uh, of value in betting him. Put it like this. The bookmakers see you coming if you're going to bet on DeChambeau. It's like booking a hotel room in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve. They know everyone's coming, so they can raise the rates. The same thing happens here, and the same thing happens in every event with Tiger Woods. They know the public wants to bet these guys, so they can make it a little bit more expensive in order to do so. With DeChambeau at 8-1, to one, I see a very high ceiling, but I also see a guy who, if he struggles on the dance floor, which he has at times, he's 59th in strokes gained putting this season. At a price of 8-1, to one, I need a guy who's a better putter. So in that same range, along with the favorites, DJ, who you mentioned at plus 850, I also think Rory McIlroy at 12-1 to one is worth a look. All right, and then, of course, there's Tiger. You mentioned that he's the guy that all of the, you know, all the public just throws 100 bucks on because they're going to bet on someone. He's someone they know and like, and he won last year. Anyone who follows the sport knows he's barely played this year, and when he has, he hasn't looked good. What note do you have on him? 
And that's exactly the point. We haven't seen much out of Woods. Going into the Masters, there are a few key factors you always want to take into account. You want to find guys who are in good form. Very rare are you going to go to Augusta and find your game on the biggest stage in all of golf. Woods, we've only seen him play six tour events since February. He hasn't finished better than tied for 37th in any of them. His most recent go in late October at the Zozo, he was tied for 72nd, and he missed the cut at the U.S. Open. He's priced at 35-1 to to win this thing. Not only would I not play that, but if you're looking for a guy in that price range, take a look at Jason Day. He's had four top tens in nine trips to Augusta, which includes a tie for fifth last season. He just finished seventh in Houston last weekend. If you're going to make a play in the 35-1 to range, I'd much rather have Jason Day than Tiger Woods. Hmm. Joe Fortenbaugh with me here, ESPN Daily Wager, and he co-hosts Game Day on ESPN Radio. Really interesting insight into a side of this that I, I very rarely consider, but I think it's a great opportunity for the sport to get more people interested in it, maybe this way, so I'm glad to be doing this. Let me give you one more, and it's a name that... If you don't follow golf, a lot of people probably don't know. But if you do, I think he's the guy who's got a shot this week, and that's Xander Shoffley. What what kind of action could we get with him? He's sitting at 14-1, to 1, so it's not as if he's a long shot or a mid-range guy. He's right after that top tier of players that we were talking about with DJ and Bryson and Rory and Justin Thomas and those guys. Second at Shadow Creek a few weeks ago, he was fifth at the U.S. Open, so in terms of recent form, he's looking very good. Now, he's only played at the Masters twice. Two years ago in his debut, he tied for 50th. Last year, he tied for second, so we know he can play the course. He's 10th in strokes gained around the green, which is going to be very important at this course. 13th in strokes gained putting. I would say this is a guy you'd want to bet on rather than against. And again, like we talked about with Dustin Johnson, if you want to play him to finish in the top 10, it's plus 115. So a $100 wager on Xander Shoffley to make the top 10 will return 115 in profit. That's what I'd be looking at right there. That's no, really good. Joe, I really enjoyed this. Let's make a point of doing this regularly because I think this is, this is really interesting stuff, and I don't know nearly enough about it, and you do. So I will lean on you for that. Thank you very much for this. Greeny, it's my pleasure. And on the way out the door, Bubba Watson to finish in the top 20. He's won here twice. He was fifth two years ago. He was tied for 12th last year. The course fits his eye, and he loves playing in front of no fans whatsoever. Bubba in the top 20 is a nice pick as well. I like it. He's got two jackets in his closet already. All right, Joe, thank you very much for jumping in here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. That's really good. I, I think that this is an interesting way to get into it. Listen, I, I've said this many times on the air that, well, well, I don't have time to tell you the story now, but I will. I think it's an important way to look at it. And that's something I'd like to do more of on the show here. If you let me know that you're interested in hearing more of it, it's not something that my mind immediately goes to. But use hashtag Greeny, Greeny with a Y on Twitter, and let me know if that's the kind of thing you'd like to hear more of on this program. My, my, my gut tells me that it's stuff we should do. Meanwhile, the head coach of Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, joins me next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.